film is is not a microplastic. It's biodegradable. Goes into the waste water system and completely sort of dissolved.、Mm-hmm. And it's a really terrific solution for leaving as little footprint as possible when one has to do household chores. Because so many of these household products are, are one form of single-use plastic after another.、It、takes about a minute to use, but it lasts years in a landfill. Welcome to Mindful Businesses, presented by Sarani, and I'm your host Padya Iyer. In our podcast, we bring to you brands which are mindful in their practices and processes. A mindful business adopts and employs sustainable social, economic, and environmental practices. Today, we have with us Jonathan Proper, CEO of Drops, powerful zero waste cleaning solution. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be with you this afternoon. We've changed how we wash our clothes over the centuries. You know, washing clothes used to be a social activity by a flowing river or in a wash house, and women would gather, chat while washing their clothes. But now, most of us wash our clothes in our homes in washing machines. We now use detergents and not soaps. What is the difference between a soap and a detergent? A soap is is not usually referred to as not seen as a liquid product and doesn't have surfactants in it. I guess is what the major difference between two types of cleaning solutions. So let's talk a little bit about your background. What inspired you to start the company? I'm not a chemist by background, as you can tell from my last answer.、Um, my background was cotton spinning. Actually, and making yarn, and yarn that went into hand knit and machine knit sweaters and woven fabrics, and so it was always about how do you care for those fabrics well. And、um, my mother was particularly interested in hand knit cotton sweaters that became a fashion item in the seventies with the introduction of hand knit sweaters from Perry Ellis. And back in those days, you cared for a sweater by hand washing it, laying. Flat to dry, but that's because the sweaters were mostly wool and and acrylic, and they when you washed them that way, they dried quickly. But cotton that absorbed so much moisture was not particularly good at、uh, hand washing and laying flat to dry. It never dried, and then it mildewed, and it never regained its shape. So, knowing that people like to wear knitted cotton sweaters, my mother thought, well, maybe we should develop a product that you can machine wash and dry cotton sweaters with. And so that was the creation of the. The company, and it was always about how do we take care of cotton and cotton fibers and cotton fabrics. So, your mom started the company. My mother started the, is the one who sort of developed the detergent originally. Yes. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, and、um, you know, fast forward, we had sold the cotton spinning business, and we had sold the detergent business, and、um, the company was founded in nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. But the detergent was actually probably developed in the late '80s, and it was part of the company that was called Conchahawk and Cotton Company.、Mm-hmm. Then we decided to split it off into a separate company, and、um, we had two people came along to buy the detergent company. And in 1998,、mm-hmm. both companies had had been sold, and in 2005, I decided that maybe. I'd buy cotton wash back、mm-hmm. because cotton wash was sort of a unique product. It was 
It was already very concentrated, didn't have much water in it. And it was low sudsing and the market was moving towards high efficiency washers and a low sudsing detergent was what people were looking for. And it already had a plant-based formulation. And I thought it should just put this on the internet uh, because it wasn't even on the internet. It was an 800 call up number and maybe there's an opportunity. And so having bought it back, I then started to think about how how you compete against the biggest and the best, you know, Mm -hmm. because when you walk down a detergent aisle, at least 10 years ago, it was like walking into a computer store. Everything is a PC. And the only thing that sort of sticks out on the shelf is an apple. (laughs) It's just liquid in a bottle. They all look the same. Mm -hmm. I remember someone had mentioned to me they loved our detergent, but they hated measuring and pouring. So that sort of I tucked that in the back of my mind. And uh, when I was buying back the company, there was one investor who was telling me about an insight about in the janitorial trade that they were putting liquid in dissolvable pouches. Mm. And I thought, that sounds interesting. Why aren't we doing that for consumers? We're doing that in dish detergent, Mm -hmm. the growing field. Why aren't we doing it in laundry? So in 2005, um, automatic dishwashing uh, soaps already came in pods? Yeah, correct. Cascade and, and uh, Finish were doing, you know, powder, but pods. And that was a growing category. And it occurred to me, it was only a matter of time that, that laundry would be doing something like this. Because no one ever complained about carrying a box of dish detergent around. But everybody sort of complained about lugging a jug around and measuring and pouring. Mm-hmm. One of the aha moments to me was... Liquid laundry detergent is really the most expensive bottle of water you can buy, right? It's right. shipped through the country, only to be put in a machine that has water in it. Mm. So the only thing you need to bring to a machine is what cleans the clothes, and that's what drops is. Big Laundry at the time said, oh, nobody wants pre-measured laundry pods. Uh, everyone likes to just pour and, and control their laundry. But the reality is Big Laundry wants to control you. So did you approach the big laundry folks with your idea? No, no. They they knew exactly what we were doing every minute of the day. They ordered product from us <laughs> and very transparent about it. And so that became an opportunity to put our product on the shelf. And of course, retailers wanted to buy it. And because big laundry told them that they should buy it, but then Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump agree on one thing, and, and that is the system is rigged. So if you go to the buyer of, you know, big retailer and say, I've got this product that one truckload equals three truckloads of the other product, which would you rather distribute? Well, I'd naturally rather distribute your product. They say, well, I'm going to give you 30 points with my product, and they're only giving you 12. Which would you rather sell? Well, of course, I'd rather sell your product. Mm-hmm. Well, then... Can you put me on the middle of the shelf so that someone can actually find us? And especially someone who's driving a cart down an aisle who really has a hard time carrying those detergent bottles? Mm, Sorry, we can't do that. And why was that? Big laundry will take their product out. So you either get stuck on the top of the shelf or the bottom of the shelf. It's no coincidence that things on the middle of the shelf sell more. Having had that experience and then, but finally what happened is that uh, we had a recession in 2008. And uh, what happens is everyone started trading down. 
And everyone looked at all those bottles and didn't really see a difference. If you were buying the premium brand, you moved to the medium brand. And if you were buying the medium brand, you probably moved to the private label. True. Big Laundry realized that if they didn't bring innovation to the category, they were going to lose market share. And so it's at that point that they entered the market and now it represents 20% of the market. But we decided our product is very different than their product. First of all, ours are much more concentrated. We're still not shipping weight across the country. We took out color mm -hmm. from the product because color doesn't clean. Right. And it's just used as a device to make something more attractive when it, you know, sort of like the glove on Michael Jackson's hand serves no useful purpose. Right. And we then said, here's an opportunity also to eliminate plastic as part of the, mm -hmm. the again, single-use plastic and uh, put it in a box and by delivering it in a box uh, directly to the home, we found ourselves with a with an opportunity uh, that resonated with the consumer mm -hmm. and allowed us to compete in our own way. So I'm in Indiana, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the Tide Pods made by PNG are made by a Japanese company down here in Indiana. And they have a very special technology that it dissolves exactly at this particular temperature at this point in time. Is that correct? Or yeah, the, the company is called Monosol. Mm -hmm. And Monosol makes the film mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. uh, the Tide pods are in and all the, all the pods are in. There are a couple of manufacturers of uh, water-soluble uh, film. Uh, Monosol is one of them. Acelo is another. We feel that uh, the chambers are unnecessary. They were about getting rid of the stupids. Mm -hmm. The stupids are making something bigger than it needs to be so that it looks good on the shelf. We make it the right size so it cleans your clothes. We eliminate color, as we said, because color doesn't clean. We don't think you need multicolors or chambers because we, you know, our target is to clean as well or better than the leading brand and we can do it without mm -hmm. fancy chambers, if you will. Right. But the big box uh, companies have convinced me that I need those different chambers with different colors, these different colors, the blue, the green, and the purple do something special <laughs> at different stages, yeah. at different stages of my wash cycle. They've, they've kind of convinced me that I need those chambers. Yeah, yeah, I know. So they're good at it. They're the best marketers in the world. But we're just trying to call out what we think are the excesses that don't need to be there. Talk about your technology in making the film. Do you buy the film from the two people that you said that you buy from? or? Yeah, I mean, we have similar suppliers. Yep. Monosol was originally an American firm, actually, that was purchased by a Japanese firm a couple of years ago. Terrific companies, very supportive. The film is, is not a microplastic. It's biodegradable, goes into the waste water system and completely sort of dissolve mm -hmm. and is a really terrific solution for leaving as little footprint as possible when one has to do household chores because so many of these household products are, are one form of single-use plastic after another. It takes about a minute to use, but it lasts years in a landfill. Mm -hmm. So this is what we feel is a really easy solution for the consumer. And the consumer 
has what I call a sustainability anxiety disorder, SAD. You know, we all want to do the right things, but we're confronted by a bottle and a cap that have different recycling requirements right. and have different numbers of plastic on them. And so what do I do? <laughs> Where do I put it? Right? Mm-hmm. So by just giving you a box and the box is compostable, I think we're just making it easier for the consumer to reduce the stress of doing the right thing. Yeah. And also the single use pods reduce the amount of detergent that is consumed, right? Because you've measured, you've tested for a load this size, you need this pod. So in effect, you are reducing the effluence into the wastewater system. Absolutely. It's sort of like in coffee, there's Tassimo, there's Mm -hmm. Nespresso, there's Keurig. They're all different size pods of coffee. But the measure is, is it a good cup of coffee? It doesn't matter what the size is. The same with laundry. Are my clothes clean? That's the measure. So our pods are nine grams. The others are over 20 grams. It's, again, the measure is, are my clothes clean? And so what we do, we put more enzymes in our products to boost the cleaning, thereby reducing the amount of weight that's being shipped all over the country. Would you mind clarifying some terminologies we come across in a brand like yours, biodegradable versus compostable, natural versus eco-friendly. So let's start with the biodegradable versus compostable, because you said your uh, packaging is compostable. So biodegradable, I think the measure is that it completely degrades if left in a landfill in 30 days. That's the sort of standard that we go by. Now, in our case, ours ours never ends up in a landfill because it's already dissolved. Let's talk about your packaging. It's right now it's, it's, it's a paper product that's recyclable. Okay. But uh, we'll soon, it has a label on it. We're headed towards a package which will not have a label on it and therefore can be composted. So you, you can put it in the earth and plant trees with it. Is drops natural or just eco-friendly? The term natural is used very broadly. Mm-hmm. Our ingredients are plant-based. From that standpoint, it's it's from a you know product that can that, that keeps regenerating, if you will, because plants keep growing and and they then are the source of the formula for our products, but. So in other words, they're not made from petroleum. Most natural products would be eco-friendly, but not necessarily all eco-friendly products be natural. Correct. That's exactly right. And there's some situations in which having a synthetic component is actually better than using the natural component. Mm -hmm. Because if it means you could have a, a fragrance, if you will, that if you're actually deriving it from that plant, destroying a lot of plants to get that fragrance, whereas if it was produced synthetically, it has the same impact without destroying a whole forest. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to make the right choices, but you know, you're never perfect. You just keep trying to do better. And that's in sort of improving the profile of your ingredients, improving the, of your packages. I mean, one of the things which we do is now, you know, when you get something e-commerce, usually you get a box and inside the box is a is a package, and inside that package is the product. Mm-hmm. In our case, the box is the package. You don't have the outer package, which is just unnecessary. Correct, thereby reducing one more layer, if you will. 
It's an evolution, not a revolution. Mm-hmm. Just trying always to do better, and and also at the same time, you have to perform, meaning you have to clean. You could have the greatest environmental profile in the world, but if it doesn't work, that doesn't solve the consumer's problem. The common misconception is that I must use harsh chemicals to sanitize, to disinfect, especially you know when we are going through the COVID nineteen. How do I know that my clothes are clean? The temperature has a lot to do with assuring that there's no bacteria left on clothes. Unless you put a have some sort of additive in the detergent, or you have a bleaching agent, uh, hot water is is a second source of eliminating bacteria. Then this will lead to my next question because one of the things that I found on your website convincing me in an effort to convince me to pick your product. It said that drops works well even with cold water and most clothes don't need hot water to come out clean to to release all the dirt. Is that true? Yes. And then the other side of it is ironically most clothes aren't dirty, you know. <laughs> They're just soiled. Mm-hmm. And so just a, a just a nice wash helps you know remove that soil that's in clothing. I think a lot of these products are over engineered. Therefore, a night in which wine, spaghetti sauce, mustard, everything you can imagine has fallen upon your your shirt or, or pants. And if we have a night like that, maybe it's once in a year or once in a uh, in a decade. Most of the time, it's soiled and just needs to be just a quick wash. I do laundry every day, but mostly cold water and just quick washes. Because if I'm uh, working out or something like that, I, as soon as I finish working out, I'll, I'll wash them so the bacteria can't settle in the clothes and um, and just do, you know, short cycles. So to summarize how drops, the physical product is sustainable, you use mostly natural ingredients. You've made the pod smaller to reduce overall weight and therefore the shipping costs. And you have... Um, we take out color. You take out color. The things don't mm-hmm. need, that you don't need. Extra chambers, which then cause also dissolving issues mm-hmm. in colder temperatures. On a supply chain, we pretty much manufacture within a circle in the Chicago area. We're actually not far from you mm. in Indiana. We blend our ingredients in in one facility and we move in totes that to the facility where we make the pods and then we bring the pods into our distribution facility and the totes then get cleaned out and then sent back to the plant that where we blend um, formulas it's very much a, a circular motion there and all within a 10 mile radius so as not to have excess trucking thereby leaving less of a footprint on the supply side as well as on the on the demand side mm-hmm. so it is made in america made. most detergents are right yes made in america except the as you pointed out the film that makes the pods is some of which is made in america and some of which is imported to america now that we are washing our dirty laundry uh, what role does fabric softener play in the whole washing process? Is it another marketing? I think so. Fabric sauce, the way I describe it is the difference between steak sauce and meat tenderizer, mm. right? Mm-hmm. 
Fabric softener is a steak sauce. Mm -hmm. It's covering up the fabric. And actually over time, it creates a barrier, if you will, and, and suffocates the cotton fibers. So that's why if you've used fabric softener or those sheets for an extended period of time and you put water on them or you try to dry yourself, it, it's hard to dry because it's actually repelling the water. They actually sort of feel stiffer over time. And that's because the fibers aren't being allowed to breathe because of that coating. We use a natural mineral product called bentonite to actually soften the clothes. And uh, therefore, it's like it works as a meat tenderizer, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so towels or sheets don't lose their absorbency as a result of this product. But there are two real issues in terms of, you know, when I think about fabric softeners. One relates to a static cling. Mm -hmm. And the other relates to scent. And one other option which we've gone to are the dryer balls. And I don't know if you've ever used dryer yes, balls. Yes, yes. I actually use uh, dryer balls. I just don't like the feel of the clothes when I've used a fabric softener. Right. And today you explained to me why yeah. it didn't breathe. And I just... I, for a while, you know, found different kinds of options to put in the dryer and they have these other rubber balls, which take away the static, but I've finally landed on the, uh, the wool balls, which I really, really like a lot. Yeah. And we did a little different. I think our, ours are bigger, mm -hmm. so that you need less of them and they don't tend to get tangled in the clothes as much. People, they add essential oils. To those and include those in the drying process. So you you actually get the perfume that you miss with the yeah, dryer. Exactly. Sheets. Yeah. So if, if if you have particular essential oil or fragrances you like, you you can just you know drop do a dropper onto the. I will do that. I will do yeah. that. I've never. <laughs> um, yeah, and and what's nice is you know you, can, you might have one set of fragrance for your sheets and towels it's different for your clothes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can switch it out too yeah so coming back to water temperature what is the ideal temperature to wash your clothes in um, one we said if they're really soiled we want it at hot temperatures to take out all of the dirts but most of our clothes are just soiled it's just perspiration and um uh, some spots, like it's not very, very filthy. I think, you know, for the most part, you can wash clothes in cold water or, you know, room temperature. And especially for when you're just dealing with stains. If you're looking at potentially odors, bacterial odors, the hotter temperatures make more sense if you're not putting some sort of bleaching agent in the wash with it. So it's really two issues. You're dealing with stains and odors. And with stains, a good product with the enzymes can clean most of those stains. And the other thing is, is if, which I'm sure you know, if you get a stain, hit it right away mm -hmm. with putting a sort of a stain remover on it or a spotter on it before you put it in the, the washer. If you want, you can take a pod and you pour some warm water, put the pod on the stain and pour some warm water on it and just let it sit for 15 minutes and then throw it into the washing machine. Mm -hmm. You know, because the detergent is as good a spotter as anything. Or you can do things like take a pod and put it in a, a container that you had and uh, add water to it. And when you have a stain, just squirt it with with the 
with the detergent bottle mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's had water added to it. Right. You know, you've used a bottle that you would have thrown away for another purpose. I did see somewhere on your website that your pods, if they're used in cold water and you run the washing machine in, a, in the delicate cycle, you could actually wash many of the things with, say, dry clean only in the washing machine, which is a major pet peeve for me. I think we dry clean way too many clothes that can be hand washed or washed in the delicate cycle. Dry clean. I wash my cashmere sweaters in, um, in the skin sensitive product in cold water. Right. Yeah, you turn it inside out. If you also have laundry bags, you can or cannot use, but you should turn it inside out no matter what. You know, it comes out beautifully. Listen, have you ever seen a sheep at a dry cleaner? No. Right? Sheep get rained on. They're used to water. So wool's used to water. <laughs> yeah, 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 that would not be a good thing at all. Yes, you know, dry cleaning is so bad for the environment. The person doing the laundry and the the at the laundromat, I feel awful for them working in these. No, you see, you, and you see the steam or yes, the, yes, it's coming out of those places, and you're just thinking, oh my. You know, what is in there? Yeah. And, <laughs> no. and and the long-term effect, which most people don't even realize, is that when you bring back your dry cleaning and you put it in your closet, the perk, if it's if it's the one of the ones which use perk, the perk remains on the plastic for a long time. And perk is a known carcinogen. Yeah. And uh, most people don't realize. They feel it comes out cleaner. They leave it in the bags in their closet. You have several bags for a few months a year and eventually that leaches into your air system in your home. But you were saying you wash your cashmere sweaters in your skin sensitive pods. Correct. And the reason is the enzymes, protein enzymes can damage the fibers because they're animal fibers. They can eat into those fibers. Mm. So that's the that's the reason why. Um they need to use your skin yeah. sensitive one? Yeah in Europe mm-hmm. They have what's called bio and non-bio detergents. And the non-bio is means no enzymes. And um, because they do a lot of hand washing, mm-hmm. and it's also for your own hands. If you decide not to put it in the washing machine, you decide to actually do it in the sink, then you're exposing your hands to the enzymes too, which is not the best thing in the world either. We recommend cold water washing with a non-enzyme product, and that's our skin sensitive. Do your products guarantee that the color won't fade? And if the colors are fast, they won't fade. <laughs> but you sometimes, depending on the manufacturer, you sometimes have to test corners for color fastness. Today, I think most manufacturers do a very good job, and you don't see running issues. How does drops compare to the traditional pods? that the other manufacturers it's a little bit complicated because of free shipping and things like that but for the most part it's, it's comparable to the which is which is great because you're mindful you have put so much thought you actually are appealing to the intelligent consumer because you're not thinking of giving him something that he doesn't need no bs Right. And you're giving him a product which works. And uh, you also are carbon neutral in your shipping. Can you explain that concept? I sort of know the concept, but I don't know exactly how it works. Uh, You know, we measure 
how much our shipping is, if you will. We participate with our providers in that a portion of our shipping cost goes towards offsets. And then we pay also additional amount for, for what our carriers aren't covering, if you will. And then that money is goes towards eliminating the gases in landfills. So how has COVID-19 changed how you manufacture? So, so I'm assuming that you have continued production, right? So what are the balances that are in place? Well, we're considered an essential business because people need to do laundry and people need to do their dishes and more people at home and they need to be able to get those products and we're able to deliver those products, you know, directly to the to the home without people having to go out. So that makes it very convenient and in these times important for the consumer. But from the standpoint of being able to do that, we actually made the decision we moved to a larger facility because in with any manufacturing, it's always uh, safety first, quality second, production third. And so in order to make sure our team, our workers are safe, we had to separate them. Uh, we had used to have teams of four in terms of our production and distribution. And we, you know, had to break those up and have people work greater at a greater distance. We take temperatures every day before people come in. Uh, we are very cognizant of the area of where they, they go to the same place every day. We take extra precaution in terms of cleaning the warehouse and cleaning the bathroom facilities in more than once a, once a day. It's definitely impacted our, our business, but at the same time, we've been able to respond to it because of having the, the larger facility. So has your business increased a lot? Has the demand grown a lot because... Yes. Our first quarter was... Well, first of all, it marked our 13th straight quarter of growth, but it was 35% growth over the over the fourth quarter. And uh, March in particular was a jump 40%. And so... And then at the same time, also the Amazon business increased dramatically. People were panicking and people went to the brands that for for all intents and purposes, the brands they trusted or they were used to. And so it was not necessarily a time where you got a lot of new customers, but your existing customers all came in strong. And but having said that, as people are now home and people are working from home and our whole society, needless to say, is changing. And um you know, I, I, we, were, we were a virtual company before uh, COVID. One of the stupids I feel is commuting, right? Unless you absolutely have to. And so we have a group in Austin. We have a group in New York, in addition to the group in Chicago. And uh, for the most part, people work out of their homes. And so um, I was pleased to see Twitter was following our lead in terms of people never having to go back to an office because we don't, we never had really an office. We would uh, gather in, in New York maybe once a week. That'd be the max. Otherwise, I think people love working at home and feel are more productive that way. And someone rings the doorbell or delivers something and they can there to get it and not worry about it. And on the demand side, there was no change on the supply side, meaning operations there you know, we had to operate very differently than we had in the past. Of course, everyone wearing masks as well and gloves. 
as well, in addition to the distancing and and temperature taking. So how does one buy drops? Um, you're available on drops.com and Amazon. And, and, Amazon. and Amazon. And you can either buy, you know, spot, meaning just once, or you can subscribe and, and save an additional mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 30%. And But we have no right, gotchas. Right, right, meaning right. Meaning anytime you want to cancel anytime you want to hold up anyone to any you ship it right, to another right. place so right. easy to sign up is it easy to to postpone or to or to cancel hopefully you know you never cancel but people move people's needs change people go away so there are all sorts of reasons why and we just want to make it as easy as possible for people but the advantage is um we don't ship overnight, so we're not using air freight. And if you subscribe, then you'll get it when you want it. And so you don't need to rush shipment. It doesn't need to be that two-day shipping necessarily. An advantage to to everybody. You know, you're getting it when you want it, but you're not having to get it in a right, right. way that's sort of expensive and uh, expensive in more than just dollars. Right, right. So does Amazon ship drops via Prime or now? Yes. So we're shipping several warehouses, you know, by truck to Amazon. And then out of those warehouses, they're shipping Prime. Right. You can have several arrangements with Amazon and you can be a vendor. Mm -hmm. You can be a vendor who is fulfilled by Amazon, or you can just have a, what's called a seller account where you, Amazon just serves as a recipient of the order and you ship directly to the customer and they take a fee. Amazon has had, in the recent times, a lot of flack yeah. for copying what their best-selling products are. So I'm always surprised some of the mindful brands which uh, sell on Amazon you know, if I find a brand that I, which I think is mindful and I see it on Amazon, I'm not sure if it is authentic. How do you assure the customer that it is what it is? is do you have a storefront in Amazon? Yes, we do. So that way you guarantee it's not sold by a third party. And the other thing is we're just, we only sell out off our website or to Amazon. It's not like we're selling into some store and, and then the store does a sale and then someone buys it on sale and then puts it up on, as a third party. So where's your mom, Jonathan? My mom, um, you know, she died in 2011, but um, it's a great lady. Never, you know, only had one bad day. And because um, I lost my father when I was two. And so my mother raised me as a single mom and um, did a terrific job, notwithstanding the material she was working with. <laughs> she had a hard job. On that note, I'd like to say, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on Mindful Businesses. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I uh, really appreciated your thoughtful questions and learning about your laundry and dish experiences and, and uh, the research you did on our company and the research you do <laughs> on all the companies that you present. um, You do a wonderful job. Thank you so much, Jonathan. If you're a creator of a mindful brand or would like to recommend a mindful brand to be featured on our show, send us a message on our Facebook or Instagram page. We recorded this podcast in Lafayette, Indiana. Tatum Gale composed the music for this podcast. This is Vidya Iyer for Mindful Businesses.